Minority Retort on X-Ray FM. X-Ray FM. Minority Retort with Jason Lamb. All right, it's Friday morning, X-Ray in the morning. The music's time for Minority Retort. My name is Jason Lamb. I'm the co-host and co-producer of Minority Retort, the comedy show, which you can see at the Siren Theater. It's an all-people-of-color comedy show hosted by myself, Julia Ramos, and a now-rotating cast of POC comedy characters. But here on the show, we don't just talk to comedians and talk about comedy, although we'll talk a little bit about comedy with our guests today. Um... Thanks to the Portland traffic, uh, Minority Retour was hosted by two white guys today, but can't let that happen. <laughs> We're back on track. And it's a pleasure for me to welcome today my guest, Carlos Kareem Wyndham. Hey, now. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, sir. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, pleasure to have you back here at the station. Uh, I don't think you've been on this show specifically before, but we did have a chance to uh, interview with you as I stepped into... Uh, the co-host role um, here on the morning show uh, yeah. a while back, about a year or so ago, maybe longer than that. Right. Um, and you were here at that time, I believe, talking about uh, Resolutions Northwest, right? Uh, which is the organization that you work for. But I was wondering if we could just kick things off today by um, having me ask you what Resolutions Northwest is all about for folks that may not be familiar with it. Yeah. So uh, day job and, and life job, the way that... Uh, I approach most of what I do at Resolutions Northwest and most of what we do at Resolutions Northwest is facilitating honest conversations to bring about uh, racial and social justice. And so that can be incredibly tense and unpleasant for some people who are uh, less prepared for those kinds of conversations. And so we try to open it up to the community. We try to open it up wide and we try to uh, do it on a volunteer basis and with folks who actually want to be in the room. Uh, I think we've all seen, especially recently at the at the Cohen hearing at the Kavanaugh hearing, exactly uh, how the the defenders of the patriarchy of capitalism of white supremacy respond. If in fact you start scratching that lottery ticket a little bit too hard, uninvited, right? Uh, and that level of 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 uh, turning pink flip out is one that that uh, we try to. Avoid, and if it does happen, to to be able to turn that into an opportunity for us to grow together, while really centering the voices, the platform, and the impacts of those who've been most impacted. So, primarily brown, black women, indigenous women. Can you give us an example of some of the issues that have been brought up and brought to you, Resolutions Northwest, for discussion? Yeah, I, well, I mean, to us, people show up a lot of different ways. You know. Because we're dealing with racism, because we're dealing with with misogyny and misogynoir, because we're dealing with the patriarchy and capitalism, for us, what we're looking at is systemic and structural ways that that these things show up and manifest, right? So we're not in this business of trying to determine who's a good person, who's a bad person, who's a racist, who's not a racist. I think people, especially since the tragic events of 11-9, have emboldened themselves to let you know exactly who's a racist or who's a misogynist or who's not, right? So for us, what we're looking at is the systems and how through doing nothing at all, you could go home, you could feed your goldfish, you could do your job, you could just be breathing air. 
you can reinforce these systems unless you're working actively against them, which is particularly true for those of us who have any kind of power or privilege within them, right? So for myself, that means being very cognizant of who I am as a cis-born non-binary who was born into the body that I'm born into, right? And knowing that whatever it is that I experience, the rest of the world experiences me in a certain way. And so there's a social caste that I have in terms of the ability to be a black perceived man at a pulpit, on a microphone, in front of a stage, wherever, 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 right? Each of us has a different role that we're able to play within this. Within that, that means that I have certain powers and privileges. And if I'm able to use those to create a platform to elevate the voices of those who actually experience and navigate the most hard trials and tribulations that we face, then I'm doing my job, right? That's really what it is. And so looking for a way for our queer community, for sisters and femmes, for uh, again, uh, primarily black and brown women to be the center voice and for us to be working in deference, mm. right, to their wisdom, to their understanding, to their collective, then then, then we're doing it right. Mm. That's the yeah. tricky part, though, isn't it? It is the tricky part, <laughs> yeah, because you got to check yourself, yeah. right? Yes. There's not enough self-checking. There's <laughs> not. Days. There's not. And I'm fortunate, right, because I'm yeah. surrounded by a bunch of people who are are willing to check me. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and I'm willing to hear it when yeah. it is brought to me. Right. Right. And that took time. Right. And yeah. so, you know. So what is a resolution? What does it look like? I, if that makes sense. Like it, it's right. it's in the name of the organization and it's, it suggests that a resolution can be achieved. Or is that a goal to to actually achieve some final uh, settlement of of an issue, or is it just bringing the the issues to the table and, and having every, all parties be heard? Right. I mean, I think that's different for everybody, and it's certainly been uh, uh, different in the five years that I've had a tenure there. Resolution and resolving things is not necessarily the the ultimate direction, right? Because when we're talking equity work and race work, we're not looking at necessarily there being an end game or an end destination. Right. This work goes on forever. It's the onion that you just keep peeling back and then there's something else and it brings tears and you got to deal with that level. Right. And so there's not necessarily a resolution. The resolution is that we're going to sit down and we're going to be honest and we're going to keep having the the dialogue. Right. We're not going to give up on the relationship. We're not going to give up on what we're doing and we're not going to give up on the movement. That's the resolve. Right. It's not that we're getting to an end game necessarily. Uh, so I had recently contacted you uh, about um, performing in a show. Uh, you also do some some spoken words, some some stand up, and uh, we'll talk about that uh, in a second. But uh, but I recently had, had contacted you to participate in a, an event that I was uh, putting together. Yeah, man. and uh, you had told me that uh, uh, I don't really use Facebook that much. I was like, okay, well, yeah, I, God bless you. I, I wish I could say <laughs> the same. Um, and then I turn around and see. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Then I turn around and see a lot of posts from you, like all the time. And I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. This guy's got something to say. All right, all right. I can appreciate a lot of this. Um, but you were, uh, in fact, recently banned from Facebook. Again. Yeah, I'm, I'm back in Facebook jail. It's gotten to be a comfortable place for me. And I wanted to ask you about your recent uh, banishment. You uh, had posted something yeah. that we... 
can't say entirely on on the radio. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, the thing was, I was watching the, the Cohen hearings and I was watching the reactivity of uh, white supremacists and of dudes, right? And and there are things that, that the algorithms of Facebook now pick up, at, but in particular, they're meant to protect straight white men. And so if you levy criticisms at that group and you're specific about who that group is and you do it without context you can get flagged. And so I had stopped using a hashtag in particular. I had stopped using the hashtag men of trash because I kept getting flagged for that. I was talking about the patriarchy, wasn't talking about individuals, but I kept getting flagged. And uh, this time laid out a sentence that talked about a particular group of men being quite problematic. And uh, Zuckerberg had a, a problem with that again. So I'm on timeouts. So you don't think that... You said that it's it's set up to. I'm paraphrasing what you said, so correct me if, if, if in the, in the yeah, middle yeah, of this. Yeah. Um, but you said it's set up to protect straight white men. For sure. Okay. One hundred percent. So yeah. you don't think it was more caught in a um, in a dragnet of trying to uh, eliminate all quote unquote hate speech. So, so if someone had said that about another race, like they nah. would have been subject to the nah. same. Okay. Nah. W- nah. Why is that? Well, to a couple of reasons. One, uh, I, I've, I've been in conversation with some of the folks at, at Facebook headquarters in okay. New York. Okay. Right. So I know that there are algorithms that are specifically designed to look for hashtags, to look for uh, what they call hate speech. Right. At the same time, I look through my own feed and I'm subjected to the brutalization, to the destruction of black bodies every three feeds. I'm subjected to looking at what Vogue had to say, to what, what whoever wanted to put blackface in the mainstream fashion wanted to say. There is absolutely no protection, right? So if you are a black or a brown person, you're going to watch yourself being disrespected, disregarded, taken apart, all through and up and down feeds all over Facebook. That's something that they simply put a limit on if you happen to be the voice of dissent or you start aiming that at the Zuckerbergs and these cats who call themselves, what is it, the forced celibates of the world or whatever, bros, you're not forced to be celibate. All all this being asked is that you be a whole human being, right, and people will invite you back to the party. And so calling it out on their platform, I mean, it's fair. They could do what they need to, right? But my voice for as long as I've been using it has been a voice of dissent and a voice of trying to carve out space for the people who've been neglected, who've been put to the side, who've been shunt. And this is not the first time I've been censored there. It's not the last, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, man, it's, 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 you know, it's how they roll. It's how they roll. New, new, new days. What is it? New day, new game, new mm. game, same game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's something more that, eloquent that could be said about that. But that one sounds right to me. <laughs> right? Okay, we're going to go with that. <laughs> that one sounds right. Um, so <laughs> there certainly are places where you can't be censored, um, and one of them is, as far as I'm concerned, uh, my show, The Black on Tours, where you can get up and, and, and say whatever you want. That's why I contacted you, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, to be involved in that show, which is an all-black storytelling show. Um, you were amazing on that show. That was brilliant. Thank you for the experience, man. But I have to say that leading up to that, you had told me that you hadn't really done storytelling or stand-up or anything like that before. Not formally, nah. Um, so what was that experience like for you, and what is it, impact has it had on you? Because you're now doing tons of this stuff. I, I am, and that was months ago. Uh, 
Man, the the opportunity for me was just absolutely incredible and continues to be, right? Like I I I uh grew up listening to uh far too early the albums of Red Fox and mm. and and all of this, right? And so had been asked by some people and told by some people who I find to be absolutely some of the funniest people on this planet that yo dude you got you got to talk right you you need to get up you need to say this thing and uh you know there there are very few people who I as I said I'm willing to stand in deference to and to actually like okay if this is the kind of person telling me I need to be doing this right then I'm going to do it and if it's a black woman if it's a brown woman who's saying, yo, you got to get out there, then then I'm going to listen. And so I I was in a, a Twitter conversation with Wanda Sykes and with Jean Grey, and both of them were like, yo, you're funny, my dude. You got to get out there. You got to say some things, and you have things to say. You have a perspective. And um, that made me real nervous. But when you opened up that opportunity to actually get out and, and do it, uh, that happened to be on my birthday and was that opportunity that was like yo you can't you can't look at this gift horse in the mouth man you gotta you gotta make this move mm. uh and since then it's been the heroine of the open mic <laughs> <laughs> a birthday and a baptism all in the same day all in the you. same you know it's the least i could do um I appreciate as I it, man. Full, as I take full credit. Hey, credit, credit given. Credit given. <laughs> straight up. Credit given. Straight up. Um, so, as I mentioned, uh, you're, you're doing a lot of uh, stand-up and, and storytelling now. And uh, just in the time that we have left, I, I don't know if you want to mention uh, what, what shows you have coming up. I would uh, love to. And I'm going to... Quite even, a few of them. Yeah, yeah. I would look at my phone. <laughs> uh, I know that, uh, for instance, on the music, I know the first things I have coming up uh, with my band, Wallace, we're going to be performing on the 16th and the 17th happy hour shows. Uh, 16th is at Alberta uh, Street Pub. 17th is at Clancy's. The 18th, uh, I'll be doing a stand-up set at Mom uh, Comedy Night. Uh, Comedy Mom excuse me uh and then the feature uh end of the month i know i I know and i apologize i didn't spring this on you right uh (laughs) but there's a lot of things there's there's a lot of things things happening a lot of things people want to find out more about you and and where they can see you perform and uh and hear straight from uh from the horse's mouth uh where they can get hold of you well uh, I would normally say that you could get a hold of me on uh, Facebook, but that's <laughs> at least for the next 30 Not days out. Not for a out. couple weeks. Not for a couple weeks. Uh, this month, though, I am on Twitter still uh, for as long as I'm allowed there. Uh, Caballo Negrito, uh, C-A-B-A-L-L-O-N-E-G-R-I-T-O at, uh, at Twitter. And I'm at uh, Instagram, El Caballo Negrito. That's wonderful. I can't say that, <laughs> but it sounds good coming from you. Right? The Black Stallion, as, baby. <laughs> as all things sound good coming from you, except for that, well, that one thing, I don't know. We could probably debate that one thing, but. I'm, I'm open. I'm open. <laughs> let's, let's, do it, let's do it another time. But thanks so much for coming on the show. Carlos Kareem Windham. Oh, man. You. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'd love to see you, you back in here sometime. All right, that's been our show. Uh, We're going to actually come back and wrap the show proper in just a moment.